Testing one, two, three. Here I go. Give me that microphone. Welcome to the Badass Recovery Podcast. I'm Pamela. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to give you straight talk. Clarity, people. On the big words full of stigma. Addiction, sobriety, recovery, shame, and even the G word. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll ease you into it. We're two badass recovered alcoholics who've truly transformed our lives through the process of recovery. So be prepared for an unfiltered, deep, and powerful journey. We're about to drop some truth bombs here, but you are here to find your freedom from that thing that is keeping you small. Yes. Let's do this. Welcome to your badass recovery. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to be here with you. My name is Pamela. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. And man, we have a show today. Today we unpack what is the G word, God. And whether you're thinking, oh, cool, my jam, let's talk about that. Or if you're like, oh, fuck, no, no, I did not sign up for this. Breathe. Breathe with me because we are aware. We are aware how uncomfortable the God conversation makes people. I know because it made me really uncomfortable. You see, Alyssa and I did not have in our agenda to bring God into our path when we were trying to heal from addiction. Not at all. We're going to talk exactly about that. Our old conceptions, our childhood ideas of God. We're going to talk about higher power, which actually extrapolates this concept into whatever it is that each person sees as that higher power. We're going to break the prejudice and talk to you guys about this relationship of addiction and recovery. Where does that higher power fit? Why the spiritual path? What does it mean? What does it look like? How to have a juicy spiritual life. That's what we're doing here today. All right, Ms. Amoa, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Share these magic, uncomfortable conversations. They're so needed for people to look at their own lives and see how healing can be brought in. There's so much addiction and there's so much need for healing. And we need your help to shift this conversation and touch more lives. All right, let's talk about the G word, shall we? Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to my badass recovery podcast. Hola. I am Alyssa. Y yo soy Pamela. And we are so excited to be here with you guys today where we destigmatize these big, scary words around addiction and recovery, and we make them really simple and concrete and accessible through our stories. And today, we're breaking down a big one. Oh, yeah. Today, we are talking about what the fuck is God? Oh, my God. What does he have to do? He, she... That beautiful something has Ah! to do with recovery. The point of today's conversation is to talk about our relationship to what what God is Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you start this one, babe, because you live in a world of connection and spirit that is honestly gorgeous to watch. 
So please tell us how this became alive in your world. Thank you. It's such a sacred part of my recovery process. First, I'm just going to start with the definition. And we found this definition that we both loved, which is God is the supreme or ultimate reality. Dang. I love that. I first heard this definition of God probably three years into recovery, that God is reality. And that was the first definition that really spoke to me. And here's why. I'll give you what happened and how I came to have the God of my own understanding now. So well-documented at this point, I grew up in a very religious and Catholic household. And I always had a relationship to God. And my image of God was very much a man in the clouds who was ruling over my every thought and action and who was determining when I was good and bad. It was almost like Santa Claus. It's a lot like Santa Claus. And a terrifying judge all at once. (laughs) That's so funny. That's my same concept. Long beard. Right? But here's the thing about my relationship with God. I always thought God could save me from myself, right? So like every night I would pray, God, please forgive me for being bad. Because in my mind, I always was thinking I was wrong. I was bad. There was something just off about me. So God was someone I could talk to about that. And I always talked to God. And I always begged and pleaded, but that was the relationship. It was one where I was dependent on God and like a needy child and really thought that if I fucked up bad enough, I was going to hell and I was out of God's love. So that was... That sounds like a really healthy relationship with God. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Very... Well, and then if you look at my relationships, it was a little bit similar where I was really walking this tightrope where if I did everything right, then I could be lovable in your eyes. You're a good girl. I was a good girl. And if I fucked up, if I cheated, if I stole, if I did something bad, then I was out of God's love. And therefore, I was alone. Yeah. I had Unworthy. nothing. Which made alcohol make a lot of sense, which had controlling my weight make a lot of sense, which had bulimia make a lot of sense. So what I'm hearing you say also, though, is that God was alive and well in a religious way, but he, what I mean, was he like a part of your everyday life or was he just like this guy in the sky who was there to judge and save you? Guy in the sky to judge and save me. And as I got older, that relationship really started to change where I was still talking to God, but I was really relying on God as the saving grace to my fuck up the night before for drinking. Yes. Right? Like, God, please don't let me do that again. I promise if I never do it again, please don't let me drink again. It was very much this like Bargain negotiation. Needy. Exactly. Like plea for retribution because I fucked up so bad. Right. 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 Which here's the thing. Most of the time then I was alone with my own mind because I just felt like I couldn't go to God because I had done so many fucked up things Mm. that I couldn't be loved by God. And I didn't love myself. So therefore, what did I have? Right. 
Right. And for sure. When I went into a 12-step program, that was the first time that this concept was introduced. It was this concept of a higher power. Hmm. And let me tell you what that means to me now. It's a power that is greater than my mind, greater than the thoughts in my head. And when I think about the ocean, which is my favorite analogy of this, Mm -hmm. it's just this like beautiful act of nature that exists. And I don't understand it. I don't know how it was created. I don't get why the tide flows in and out. And I know that no human power can control it. Like it's not of my own manufacturing. Right. And it's beautiful and gorgeous just as it is without any intervention from But how did you get though from guy in the sky who's shamey and judgy or whatever it is that, you know, you felt as a child to the ocean? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I didn't. So I still think of God as the religious guy in the sky. I don't even connect the two necessarily. Right. I just am now introduced this new concept, which was interesting to me only because I was at a point with my alcoholism that to do the same thing I had been doing wasn't working. That was the definition of insanity. So when I went into 12 steps, there was this concept of this power that was greater than my mind that could give me a different way of thinking. Mm. And that was interesting to me. Okay. Okay. So did you feel at that point though, like, oh yes, I think it's interesting in a really like amazing way. Or did you have to wrestle a little bit with the guy in the sky concept? So imagine the guy in the sky religion. I'm still talking to the guy in the sky, right? That still is my only access of please God save me from myself. And at the same time, I'm now being exposed to higher powers, this concept of powers that are greater than me, bigger than me, I'm not in control of, and starting to play with this idea of a higher power, that there could be this universal force that makes the ocean, that makes the sky and the plants grow and all of the things I treasure and see and love but don't understand, I can start to see that there is this universal force that is guiding the world and organizing the world. And maybe, just maybe, that's a power I can go to, whatever that is. And maybe it's the same as the God that I grew up with. Mm. And the other really cool concept that was introduced in a 12-step program to me was that God can be of your own understanding. Your higher power doesn't have to be God. Mm-hmm. It can be the ocean. Right. It could be the nature. It could be whatever that universal love source is for you. That's what you can go to. Right. That's who will support you and guide you and be with you as you go through the work. So you're not alone. I didn't necessarily have that ocean nature type of thing happen. Okay. Um, what did you have? Similar to you, guy in the sky. Mm. I, coming from Mexico, had a myriad of other like little characters in this lovely 
scenario because I had the Virgin Mary and I had all the saints and I had, but again, these are all separated to my life. I find them in church. I find them as a way to define good and bad in the Mm -hmm. language of my mom. Mm -hmm. Little girls go to heaven if they do this little, Mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I also see it with a, a lot of shame. Because earlier on, religion was so intermingled with what I could and couldn't do regarding things like sex, Mm -hmm. regarding things like sex with others, sex with myself. And it was really just kind of like the good and bad definition. And I went to an all-Catholic girl school. Mm -hmm. And then the gap year that I took after high school, I lived in a, not a convent, that sounds extreme. I lived in a foyer which is a home ran by nuns. And it was all girls. And every morning we had to do mass before we headed out. I always skipped it, by the way. Wow. So God. So So can I ask, like, what was your conception of God? My conception of God was I jived with the God idea in a, I guess, in a really infantile way. Mm -hmm. Again, the, the God that aspirationally was there to guide me to be good. And that was there to either give me a reward in more goodness coming into my life as a result of being good Mm -hmm. or punishment and potentially like hell Mm -hmm. if I if I didn't. And so, again, it was very, very religious, very Mm -hmm. black and white. I absolutely love the Virgin Mary and the relationship with her felt more human, more authentic, Mm -hmm. more imperfect, you know, had more room so to speak, because as as a mother, I felt like she was there to kind of guide me as a mother too. Mm. And I love that concept. My mom and her sisters gave me that concept early on, which I took. And so here I am, I find Mm. myself living in Paris. And in the moments of true loneliness, I have two sources of relief because I'm living by myself and I fucking loved my year in Paris. But it was also the very first time that I left that beautiful, like, golden cage that I grew up in right? with my dad and, you know, everything being so beautifully tight-knit, little codependent and crazy, but, you know. And so when I'm in Paris and loneliness hits, I go to two things. The first is, honestly, believe it or not, I sat in churches. Mm. But for the very first time, I didn't actually sit in churches to do the mass and the up and down and the reciting like a parrot. It was like to truly be there. And Mm. I start to now have a relationship that's a little bit more alive. The second thing, of course, Mm -hmm. was the bottle of wine. And while my year in Paris at 18 wasn't, it was prior to my kidnapping. So I hadn't necessarily brought in alcohol in a way to relieve, you know, the pain and the, all the shit from the trauma, which happened later. I still started to develop an alcoholic way of drinking from an early age. And so in that case, it was alive and well. All of this to say that for the first, really the first 20 years of my life, God meant religion. Right. So what was your higher power? My higher power was God, babe, but he wasn't necessarily a God that I could relate to the parts of me that felt dark, secret, and shameful. Right. So because God was religion and the good and bad, and I associated my drinking, my sexuality, my whatever else was secret in right. me right. with shame me right. and dark, I couldn't, I couldn't look at him. So right. at 18, I have my first 
sexual relationship. Right. And by the way, it was lovely with a man that I trusted and Mm. loved and we talked about it. And, you know, it was exactly like you hope it would Mm. be. But I am doing this in secret. Mm. And the for the next year, I'm going to church, but I'm not taking communion. I'm not lifting up my eyes. I'm in shame. It's a good and bad. And I was bad in so many areas of my life, I thought. Well, here's my question to you, because I think this is a really powerful point. Through your behavior, what you were doing, was your higher power God at that moment or was it something else? I think that God, the word higher power didn't come into play until later. Right. God was God. That was religion. It was good and bad. Right. And I would either be okay with him or not. Right. Right. Now, so again, this is all in the framework of religion. When I come down to my knees in the lostness of Lostness? Is that a fucking word? <laughs> Wait, I make up for I think we might be making that up. When I come okay. down I knew to what my you knees on the hopelessness, in that moment of total and utter loss when it comes to my yeah. drinking. Yeah. And the night before I've driven my kid. Yeah. And put him in danger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. if you haven't heard our stories, please go back to the first episode where we go into this whole thing. And that moment, there's like a breaking in me because I'm like, what in the holy hell? Like, what is happening? Right. And I walk into the only thing I know, which is the 12-step meeting, and I see God written on the wall. I, I mean, I remember I had a visceral reaction. I was like, I, I don't think I said fuck this shit because I was too damn desperate. But I was like, oh, crap. Mm. I was because I thought they're going to try to use religion to shame me into doing better when it comes to alcohol. I mean, again, I didn't have the words for that, but that was my reaction, right? right? And I'm coming in full of all the prejudice of the shame that I have had in my relationship with God and all of that realm. And so I don't understand how to equate that to the other. Well, that is exactly where I was because I also had stigma and prejudice about God. God was the man in the clouds. God was who I needed to be perfect for. Right. So I was right there with you that I had all of this, you know, and I also had stopped going to church when I had started 12 Steps because I decided that religion was hypocritical and I didn't want to be a part of that because it didn't align with my value system. So I was very much coming in with a very paradoxical relationship where I was praying to this power. I also felt guilty because I couldn't be perfect enough to be loved by this power of God in that way. So here's the deal. For me, it was like, because I had this fucked up relationship with God, I chose to be a slave to alcohol. I chose to give that that power, my power, to something other than God, to alcohol, to other people, to my work. Mm. I decided my purpose was not to make this God who was going to punish me because my history loved me, but to do well in all these other areas, right? which didn't work. So then when I came into the program, it was almost like I got to reset mm-hmm. what my concept of of higher power even meant. Right. And that for me was a journey to get me to where I am now. Yeah. 
When I see the God written on the wall in the 12 steps, much like you, I walk in and I'm like, how do I reset this relationship, right? I, I hadn't made that choice, by the way. I mean, I hear you say it and that's fantastic. I never consciously chose one thing over the other. To me, they lived in different realms. So to come to seek relief from alcohol and see that goddess on the wall scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. But here's the beautiful thing about good mentorship, guidance, sponsorship, teachers, you know, and it's all part of this divine grace Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. I had a, a beautiful woman, Lisa, who was my first sponsor, who broke it down so simply to me. Mm. She said, have you been able to quit drinking by yourself? No. Have you tried everything? Yes. Everything. I'm like, fuck yes. Like, really, I, I had almost died trying to do it. Yeah. Based on my own human resources. Right. And she said, do you believe that something bigger than you can come into place and help you? I was, yeah, I'm willing. Yeah. Good. That was it. That something bigger was higher power. Yeah. Again, now I am comfortable saying for me, that is God. And just like you said, it can be universe. It can be nature. Right. It can be energy. It can be source. It can be whatever is bigger than your mind. I love your your definition. Yes. And so when you're willing and in your place of hopelessness and you're willing to believe, Mm -hmm. then it's literally like I was sitting in darkness in this dark room and all that willingness did was like kick out uh, just an inch open the door. Yeah. And then it just kind of goes so beautifully into what happened for me. Yeah. Tell me. Because I always sat in church and I never felt connected to what the priest said for mm. me. That was my experience. It was like there were words that was were said, but I couldn't connect in my heart with what that meant. And when I started to open my ears in 12-step rooms, I started to hear people's stories of going from an alcoholic like me somebody who couldn't stop doing something despite the world falling apart around them right. to changing and having families and falling in love and getting jobs and this transition mm. from hopelessness to hope. And I started to hear them talk about the miracle of how that is. Like, how could I be one way? And then all of a sudden, I start taking these steps And something happens to me, through me, that changes my heart. It changes my mind and it changes me from the outside looking in. People say, wow, you're different. What is that about you? Which I can't do on my own. So how does that happen? How does that transformation happen? Mm, mm. And I really wanted that. And I was told that if I did the steps, If I did a few simple steps, which are laid out in 12 steps, that it would actually give me a relationship with this power. So I didn't even need to know exactly what this thing was. Right. Just following the steps and being willing, like you said, that would give me access to this whole new relationship. And I wanted that. And I love that you say that, babe, because it is such a strange concept when we arrive and we see the God on the wall and step two has the word, the G word, yes. you know, and all, and all before we know it, like if we don't understand that, yeah, that all it is, is the willingness that you're talking about, 
then we believe we have to have a religious scenario going on. That we have to jive, that we have to have tea time with God, that we need to have a definition and understanding, a relationship. And it's like, no, fuck, no. Exactly. No. Step two is just a willingness to believe that something bigger can come into your life. Yes. Okay, so I'm told that I can have what I'm seeing. So I'm seeing in the room all of these miracles. And people are transformed through just taking these steps. And I only need to be willing and do the steps to have this new relationship with this power, which I still haven't defined even what that is yet. And that's okay. So here, this is my moment, right? Right. So I go through the steps. And my relationship with God, while we get closer, meaning that I now understand that God doesn't want me to be perfect, that actually by apologizing and making amends to people that I've hurt, that I've been shaming myself for, I actually can see God in the other people, in their forgiveness. And this whole experience of connecting with people and letting go of the things I've been beating myself up for. Mm-hmm is this beautiful way that I start to understand this different conception of God, that God is not this power of judgment, but this power of love. And I still do not have freedom. Still in my heart, and this is five years in, I'm doing this work, I still am like, there's something missing. Mm. I don't feel this miraculous level of love and freedom and joy in my life, Mm -hmm. the way some people talk about that in these rooms. And not everybody does. So there are many instances where people are complaining about their life, but I'm looking at the people that are in love with their life Mm -hmm. and just like cannot, it cannot get any better. And they're walking through things like cancer and they're walking through things like death and they're walking through things like divorce and they're doing it with dignity and with grace and with strength. And I am like, how the fuck are they doing that? Right, right. Like, what is that? And so I went into a meeting one day and this woman opened her mouth and she talked about her relationship with God. And it was what I wanted. There was like something in me in that moment that said, Alyssa, go work with this woman. And I approached her after the meeting and I said, look, I don't know if you have openings for sponsees, but I want to work with you. And she said, well, I'm starting a big book study group. And I decided to join. And in this next iteration of the 12 steps, so I went through the big book study group with her in this group and it transformed my relationship. Mm. to what this higher power meant. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because God became no longer something external. It became internal. Yeah. It became this loving, guiding, moving presence that I had an active relationship with. Just like how me and you are close because we talk and we make amends and we figure shit out and we dance and we deal. I started to have this active relationship with God. That's awesome. And that has changed everything. I love hearing that 
Because this really is a part that is so alive in you. And that has been such a game changer for you. What is funny is that both you and I were given a concept of God, kind this guy, judgy, good, bad, good girls, bad girls. Mm. In my case, my dad actually laughs. He goes, oh my God, I put you in private Catholic school. I sent you to Paris and lived with nuns, and it was in the rooms of your addiction support group that you actually found him. That's one of the most profound things that my dad has ever wow. had the insight. Yeah, that's and like yeah, that's it's powerful. because of my drunkenness that I actually developed yes. a relationship. And here's what it really boils down to: now that I have a little bit more words, if you wish, to describe a journey that's so ever-present for me and, and how it relates to my addiction. In my drinking and in my codependency, I spent decades managing, controlling, mm. and obsessing over how to control even more through substance and behaviors mm. so that life would be how I wanted life to be, mm. so that people would behave or life would be manageable. Mm. And I'm not God, so I can't do that. And so to try to do that is nothing but pain mm. and disconnection and struggle. And so that idea of letting my higher power do what I can't do, mm -hmm. it's a visual representation because it's when I literally open my hands and I let go of all the shit that I'm trying to control. And like what you were describing before that, that peace and your shoulders softening. Yeah. That's where I can breathe. Yeah. The minute that I stop managing all of the shit and God can be God because I have let go of trying to play his role because I suck at it. <laughs> I can breathe. Yeah. And so much like you, the active role that my higher power has to have in my life in order for me to continue being set free is the core of how this thing moves forward. Yeah. I love that you're bringing up the concept of powerlessness. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit into that because it's a paradox. Mm -hmm. Step one in the 12 steps is admitting that we're powerless over alcohol. Right which is for me still is the scariest concept. Because if I'm powerless over something, basically what you're telling me is that the identity I have, all of the ways that I know how to do something don't work. So it's like a death of my soul and mm -hmm. my identity, right? No one dies easily. We do not die no. easily, which is why human beings don't like change, right? Because we are attached to the way we think yeah. and behave. So to accept this deep word of powerlessness. God, that scared the shit out of me. Right? It means for me, I have to battle that that means that I'm a failure, that I am weak, that I couldn't do it on my own, which I now understand is ego. It's not actually the real truth of my heart and my soul. Right. And by accepting reality, which is 
I cannot drink. I have an allergy. Therefore, therefore, I get all my power back. By accepting powerlessness, we become powerful. And it's really funny, babe, because people think that when you go through the 12 steps, what happens is you can manage your decision to drink or not drink. And that's not true. And nope. What happens with the 12 steps is that you get taught a system Mm. where you get a reconnection with a different source of power. Yes. Because that power was alcohol, right? But we were powerless because we couldn't control our decision to drink. Yes. We couldn't. We had no power over that choice. Yes. And in understanding that, then we need another source of power. Exactly. Right? Like if I don't have the power, where do I get that power? Exactly. And so that's where the 12 steps became so pivotal for us to do life. Exactly. Because now we're connected to a higher power. For us, it's God. And it's applicable not just in relationship to alcohol and codependency but to fucking everything. Yeah. Because that whole idea of me playing God and me managing, I apply that at work. I apply it with my food. I apply like I design, I manage, I obsess, I connive, I Mm. structure. I'm very Machiavellian, by the way. (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) And, and, And I catch myself often doing that. And the relief that I feel, Mm. the minute that I'm like, oh, crap, that's why I'm in disconnection. That's why I have this heaviness in my chest this not on my stomach because I'm trying to manage and play God. So here's the deal. What is your conception of God now? Words really are so ephemeral when it comes to defining God. God for me is is my ultimate truth, is the highest version of myself without being myself. Mm -hmm. Like I can claim that God exists around me and in me. But at the same time, I do actually have that beautiful separation Mm. between the magnificence of him and how he can, he, she can operate in me, how God can operate in me, right? So it's this, this dance inside me, outside me. Yeah. When I am aligned with God, life flows. When I'm not aligned with God, my life hurts. Yeah. That's the best definition. Maybe it's in that sentence. I love that because I was told that if I can put God into words, my God's not big enough. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's why I'm struggling. You bitch, you set me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trick question, people. No, it really wasn't. My experience of God, and I'll say it that way because the experience keeps changing and evolving and deepening. But I'll give you an example of how this power works in my life now. A year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with this mass in my rectum, 10 centimeters. They didn't understand where it came from and they thought it was cancer, the doctors, Mm -hmm. okay? This is at the beginning of COVID. So I'm in New York City and the surgeon wants to do this major abdominal surgery to remove it with a permanent ostomy bag, okay? Now, I, being the good girl that I am, still, a year and a half ago, I'm like, okay, cool, that's what he says. It's okay, I'll make it work. Oh my goodness. 
by the grace of God. So here's this, here's this like relationship now. I want to just show you how this relationship has changed. I tell people in my life this, everybody in my life screams, especially this one person who is so near and dear to me. She was my coach at the time. And she said, absolutely not. Get a second opinion. And she connected me to this woman in Santa Monica. I start consulting with her. This woman in well-documented, Dr. Tracy Child saved my life. I said, doctor, if I come out to Santa Monica, will you do the surgery? She said, yes. I hop on a plane that night and I go in the middle of COVID. Nobody's flying. Nobody's on the plane. I land in Santa Monica. I make my way to her office. Right. She's like, let's get into surgery. When I go into surgery, what ends up happening was number one, I don't have cancer. Number two, my anesthesiologist ends up being a girl that I went to college with who walks in in this hospital in Santa Monica. And then all at the same time, I'm in the middle of doing all of my amends. Mm. And so I'm not like, I can't even tell you as somebody who lived with this insane amount of fear as a little girl, I was not afraid. And I'm doing my amends and I'm having all of these wild connections and all these people are showing up. And literally before my surgery, it's me, Dr. Childs, and the anesthesiologist, my friend from high school. And we're all in the waiting room laughing together before I go in for surgery. And I go in and they remove the mass 100%. Hmm. And it wasn't cancer. And now I'm living in California and I've been living there ever since. So the difference in that experience is that I was not afraid. Like, I have to tell you, Mm. I had those moments of like, oh, fuck. But that deep trust and knowing that I was totally taken care of. God, that's is 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 because of this relationship. So that's how I experience God today. I had a sponsor, Caroline, incredibly spiritual, such a badass woman. And she said, in the context of what you're speaking, God is either everything or else he is nothing. Yeah. And so when you are trying to manage and when you're trying to, in fear, right, say, well, I guess I'll do this and this. And you're trying to figure out how this process is going to work versus what you ended up doing, Mm -hmm. which is giving yourself fully, Mm -hmm. letting yourself be held. And you really are at that point God is then the experience is exactly the experience that you just described. It's so unbelievable. So the road from our dude in the sky with the beard, with the good girl, bad girl label (laughs) to a God who is loving from the moment that we wake up Mm. till the moment that we lay down. And when we're asleep, he's loving. Yes. That's a huge stretch. I mean, that's a huge, beautiful journey. And if you're thinking like, okay, I want that. Where do I start? Where do I start today, right now? Okay, here's where you start. You have a conversation with God like you would a friend. Mm. I used to think that I had to be perfect for God. I had to say everything right. So I had to say these prayers. My prayer now is what the fuck, God? My prayer now is like, okay, God, I'm fucked up about these four things. Okay, like for real, you got to help me with this shit because I don't fucking understand why you have this here for me. And I know there's some reason, but 
I don't know what that is. So can you help me see it in a different way? Yeah. It's what the fuck, God? Yeah. Help me. Yeah. And write a letter back from God to you. I'm not kidding. Whatever that power is, if it's nature, if it's universal love, if it's the ocean, it doesn't matter. Write the letter back. Start having an active dialogue just as you are with something greater than you. God, I love that. I had a client who came in, babe, and as a coach, I, I have clients that are beginning their journey to releasing the things that are keeping them small and addicted and all of that. And he came in and he said, I, I just, I don't care how many fancy words you wrap around this. I don't care, you know, about like the la-la experience that you're sharing. I just don't jive with the God concept. Mm-hmm. And the higher power thing is really hard. And I feel really fucking hopeless because mm-hmm. here you are talking about how this thing kind of became alive. The addiction yeah. actually became a fucking blessing because yeah. of this higher power. And all I'm thinking is, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. Because if the only solution to quit drinking is this higher power thing, then I'm fucked. Yeah. And that was such a such a beautiful moment of grace because it boiled down to really that one question. Have you been able to do it alone? Right. And humanly, you know, within all right. the powers that we have. Yeah. And when he said no, and I said, are you willing to do some work to access something bigger? And he kind of slumped his shoulders. But I think in that moment, it became like, oh, if I can't do this, can I, can I consider? Can I be willing? Yeah. And he said, yes. And dude, because for me, I was like, I mean, I did a little salsa dance. That was the hardest fucking thing. Aww. And that guy today, I fucking love him. His name is Trevor. That guy today, every time he opens his mouth, yeah. there is some spiritual, spiritual shit coming out. I love that. And whether he calls it God, he's gone down a little bit more of a Buddhist part to see his life just freaking flourish. Yes. Yeah. So that's the beautiful thing about this, about this jam. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that with us. So here's something that I just want to offer you if you're listening. I know that there is somewhere in your life where you've experienced a miracle experienced a shift in perception, experienced something that happened that you don't understand. And what I would offer you is that you already have a higher power. If you're able to see miracles, Mm. that's what this is all about. Yeah. And that's all you need to see to start in this willingness. Wow. Good content, guys. All right. Well, take a deep breath. We should do a little... All right, guys, if you're enjoying our chit chat, our concepts, our groove, our dance, please don't forget to rate, review, and share this episode. And where can they find more about us, babe? Mybadassrecovery.com slash podcast. Boom. We can't wait to spend more time with you guys. See you soon. Love you. Give me that microphone.